Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Tiger. Slacker Hello Slackers and welcome to the Slacker Podcast. We're back after a little break. Um, I took two weeks off. I went back to Ireland. I did absolutely no work. I ate loads of food. I had drinks with my friends. I saw my family. I reset and I feel a lot better for it. If anybody hasn't gone home in a while, I strongly suggest you do that. I also brought my Rickenbacker bass guitar over, which I haven't had in about 10 years. And I am slaying down. I have blood blisters all over myself. I've also got my dog Rebel, who's actually on the desk at the minute. Say hello, Rebel. <laughs> quite, quite the cameo there. She's actually licking the microphone as we go. Um, it's good to be back doing these podcasts. I don't know if you follow me on social media um, at Philly Taggart on Twitter and Instagram. You will have seen um, the layout for the rest of the year for the slacker podcast and it it's kind of looking like we're going to be going um straight through till the end of the year i don't really plan on on taking many more breaks uh because i have podcasts lined up from now till like the end of september and i'm like just as we started uh this podcast i got an email about somebody who's incredibly amazing and i've been dying to get on podcasts for ages he wants to come on so, yeah, it looks like it's going to be going straight through till um, the end of the year. Uh, if you've just joined us uh, for this podcast, and this is the first time you're ever listening to the Slacker podcast, um, then I suggest you maybe go back and listen to some of the other episodes. You will find artists in there that you like. I think by this stage, we've probably done about 50. Um, and you're coming in for Phineas. Maybe you like um, Declan McKenna. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. Maybe you like uh, Bastille. I'm just trying to think of the more poppy ones. But if you go back through uh, the podcast, wherever it is you're listening to this right now, then, um, yeah, you'll you'll be able to find something that you, you absolutely love. Generally, these podcasts... Hold on, i got to put the dog down. She's looking very distressed. There you go, Rebel. Good dog. Um, generally, these podcasts will have a demo at the very beginning of them, and um, we will go from there. And some artists just aren't 
into either bringing the demo or they don't have something ready. And on this one, uh, we don't. But it's just a sheer 60 minute or so interesting conversation with legitimately the biggest modern producer right now. You might think that that's hyperbole, um, but it's not. Like, I mean, the last Grammys, himself and his sister, Billie Eilish, won five Grammys, best album, best producer. Do you know, like, there's there's no looking around that. Like, they have billions and billions of streams. I don't think there is a bigger producer than Phineas on the planet right now. Also, um, massive love to um, everybody who is supporting the podcast on Patreon. I'm trying to drop two pieces of content for you uh, a week, which is getting up roughly around about two hours of content a week. And it takes ages um, to research the podcast, do the podcast, edit the podcast, edit the clips of the podcast. And then the Slacker Friends um, show, which has just started as well, takes quite a long time. So I kind of would love to, like, I mean, the dream is to, like, really, like, get the Patreon and everything moving so I can, like, go and just do this full time. It's not at that stage yet. So if you, like, like this podcast and you like the content that I make and want me to make more, then um, it, it just go over to the Patreon and and uh, do whatever feels comfortable. Uh, right, okay, here we are. Slacker Podcast with Phineas in three, two, one. I better go get my dog back inside. Yeah, thanks for thanks for agreeing to to do this. This is this is going to be a fun one because like we haven't had a like, a big proper interview before. I know we haven't really. We've barely talked. Yeah, we yeah we yeah. Like, I mean, we spoke at uh, oh, I turn my headphones on um, at the piano session, and that was yeah, that was really about it. I had a great time at that, and you you may or may not care or be aware that you uh, you named my EP. Do you know I, I I I knew that I did I didn't know that um until two weeks ago you were doing an uh you were doing a live interview on Instagram with radio something yeah. radio.com. I can't remember it was some some uh, dude with a backwards cap and yeah. um one of, one of my friends messaged me straight away because like I have a, a quite a few number of friends that are fans of yours yeah. anyway and they were watching so I got like DM'd by a couple of different people going holy shit man Phineas just said your name <laughs> well I mean it was uh you know that's a uh um how can I put this like the you know siblings singing together I feel like is a kind of a uh like tale as old as time in terms of like the carpenters and oasis and um you know any number of other uh family uh uh connections mm. and so I've, I've always been aware of it but i loved that sort of just kind of simplified like oh blood harmony there, there we oh, go that's perfect. it i heard where did you where did you hear that i heard that ter- oh, like, do you know what let's let's kick in i'm recording now okay me too okay okay good um well let's just i'll start that. hello phineas how you doing Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Um, we're sort of like mid conversation already. Um, yeah. We're 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 chatting about uh the 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 phrase blood harmony. Um, anybody who's a Phineas fan who's listened to this, which is probably a hundred percent of the people listening to this, um, will know that his EP is called Blood Harmony, and you can do. Do I get royalties for this? Because you've nicked it. You've nicked the phrase of me. Can you? Can you? 
can you copyright it? <laughs> can you copyright it? Because <laughs> like um, the guy from UFC is copyrighted. Let's get ready. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. And <laughs> so, so uh, to my understanding, in my limited knowledge of copyright law, you can you can copyright phrases when they appear on on um, physical merchandise. Okay, so that's so Taylor, that, that's all your Taylor physical. Taylor Swift famously <laughs> post nineteen eighty nine copy wrote um this sick beat and uh a couple other taglines from her album and it was it was predominantly in an effort to stop urban outfitters from ripping her off i mean that's a shot this sick beat <laughs> it's a i mean you sang it in the exact syncopation that she did so. i cringed when yeah. i heard that song for the first time because like oh. I, I, I did no i like taylor swift I'm, I, I'm a fan of hers like i think she's great but yeah. There's certain like I I'm I'm from Northern Ireland right and I've lived in London yeah. for a long time I'm in Brighton now, and I work at a station where like a lot of people are from London and they'll use terminology that's like you know like London street slang, and yeah. if I say it it just doesn't sound right and you know where Taylor Swift's coming from like you know from the you know from the country country and western sort of scene right so when yes. she goes this sick beat makes it sound like my mom said it. <laughs> um. Uh, yes, I yeah. I mean, I I think that song's fairly iconic, and I, I think most most people under the age of twenty would probably agree with me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think sometimes I'm not going to point fingers at, at Taylor Swift, who's a really phenomenal songwriter. But sometimes in my life, I learn a little a little catchphrase. Mm. So I, I hear something, and I think I like the way that feels rolling off the tongue. And I put it in the very next song I write. And uh, years later, I think, ah, <laughs> I kind of, I, I was premature, you know? Yeah, but that's all right. That's, that's a, just my, it's just my life experience. That's okay. Everybody's got a little bit of creative license to them. I mean, any idea I come yes. up with, my, my, my wife just tells me that she came up with it and that I've ripped it off her. And I was like, yeah, but there's a difference between you coming up with it and me doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's true too. Yeah. I mean, I've had a, um, friends who who say uh, you know the actually do you know the um, musician Adam French yeah um, he came out to Los Angeles several years ago like 2016 and I got to know him and his Twitter bio was like risk taker luck pusher or something and I was like I'm right the song called luck pusher I was like that's a great great twist of pushing somebody's luck and, and I'm, I'm writing it down. So, you know, I think, yeah, it's about kind of like, I mean, but that's like all writing in any uh, terms. It's like seeing something and thinking it's worth extrapolating upon. You know yeah. What I mean? like, building a sort of little world around it. And that's what you did with, um, with blood harmony. And like, I heard right. that the terminology blood harmony from um, a group in the UK called the staves and they're three sisters I love um, the staves. Yeah, you know the staves. Um, and they've, I know they've, they've worked with Bonnie Iver and, um, and they've done some incredible stuff themselves. But one of the first interviews mm -hmm. I ever did was with them and they used the term blood harmony. And I was just like, well, this is, this is like what would normally take a paragraph or a thesis to write in two, in two words. And yeah. Like yeah. It, yeah. Well, that's how I felt when you said it. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I do. 
big time, man. It's good to have you on the podcast. It's good to good good to speak to you. How how are you doing? I mean, the the, the one question everybody seems to ask in each other is like, "How are you enjoying your lockdown?" I don't find because, it that, that much different, to be honest. Like, it's, because everybody's asking everybody else, and and secretly naively hoping that somebody is going to have have cracked the code and <laughs> and spill the. You know what I mean? Like, you go. So how's how's this all been for you? And mm. you want a friend of yours to say, I actually have taught myself how to levitate. And then you get to like learn that too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the truth is that we're all um, facing the same news. Yeah. You know what I mean, no one's, no one's getting different news mm-hmm. except people who watch Fox news. In America. <laughs> They're getting incredibly different news. But other than that, I, is there, is there a Fox news um, parallel in the United Kingdom? Yeah, like there definitely is in terms of like written publication. Um, I suppose Sky News would probably be the the some the like it's owned by Rupert Murdoch, but like Sky News isn't that bad. I don't, like it's not nowhere near like Fox News. I guess like Daily, you so you don't, like Daily you don't Mail and the Sun is like quite left left wing or sorry right wing. Shit. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because Daily Mail, I've read articles on the Daily Mail and thought, well, that's just not true, and that's the Fox News way as well opened oh really hiking trails right i love hiking they've opened hiking trails up uh tomorrow they open up uh for the first time in six weeks and um i uh i will not be going for the first couple of days because i'm i'm very aware that it's it's just an experiment <laughs> you know i it's... think if you're people want people want people like me want hiking trails to be open and government says it's not safe and then the government goes okay let's uh Let's see what happens. Is <laughs> that I, I don't I don't want to be part of the see what happens group. <laughs> no, definitely not. Nobody does. Um, like being a hiker from LA is like almost like a contradiction of terms. Like I've never been to LA, but like from what from what like I I know about it is like it's basically gridlock. I mean, didn't Elon Musk talk about like building a tunnel underneath it just for for traffic? Like, is that hiking some sort of like you know reaction to the sort of inner city the burbs? All yeah, maybe. I mean, LA is huge. And so I think in, in my experience of living here, you know, I grew up on the east side and we had the Pasadena Mountains, the Angeles Crest Highway, you could go up on a hike. We had um, Griffith Park, which is the largest um, public park in the United States. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of places that are very hilly. And, you know, in, in kind of typical terms, there are places in LA like Runyon Canyon, which are famous for their kind of like Hollywood, you know, they give like the Hollywood side of the background, yeah. the Canyon, and you know those are incredibly populated because they're flat, easy hiking trails, and they're easily accessible. But you know, me and my friends and my girlfriend, like we we delight in like finding a difficult trail that's very steep and climbing up that, and you very quickly weed out, you know, anyone who's not really like working hard for it. And I think that like that means you you get away from people really fast. You know what I mean? So is it like a is it like a fitness thing? Because like in the UK, like you, you get people doing trails and, and, and doing right. walks, but like really the walk is um how do I say it? Like the, the walk is a vehicle just so that you can go and drink pub or uh, drink pints at the pub, uh like at the very end of it. Like all right. hiking trails always seem to have like a pub and a pub lunch <laughs> like somewhere because of it. Like are you doing it for the fitness? Do you have all the gear? Have you got the spike? Have you got the, like, you know, like, are you going to be one of these people that, like, has a Sherpa going up Everest? No, I mean, I have a, I have, 
a pair of shoes that are are meant for hiking and that's that's it i wear regular pants regular shirts you know a hat sometimes but i don't i don't have a camel back i don't have the the poles that people use <laughs> i don't have uh i don't yeah I, I i saw a tweet recently that was like to the dude to the dude that just passed by me with the two poles and the camel back and the you know aquatic like skin tight leggings underneath the shorts and the hiking boots whenever he was like my my five-year-old daughter is doing this trail and she's holding a barbie like this is <laughs> like you can chill out you know um, um i have a yeah. i have a question for you right baird okay. o'connell if you guys don't have irish heritage i'll eat my green top hat and my ginger beard we have super irish heritage yeah you we're, have we're, to we're, you like, like those yeah. names we're Scots Irish, to my knowledge. So am the I. Bairds, the Bairds are, are 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 in my family's history are from Scotland, but all the O'Connells are from Ireland. I mean, my my great grandfather, who I never met, was born in Ireland, lived mm. in Ireland. Um, I think traveled to the states. Yeah, Have, but, so, yeah, yeah, it's like common. Like around that time, that was very very common. Like a. You, you haven't done the pilgrimage yet. You haven't gone back and kissed the Blarney Stone and done all the usual no, tour, no. tourist we've traps. Had the the laziest version of it. We've been to Dublin and then we played uh, uh, what's it called, Electric Picnic. Oh yeah, yeah. You were meant to play that this year, I think. We played it last year. We played it last year, which was getting, awesome. Getting mixed up, um, and uh, you know, our our one and a half days in Dublin and our our drive out to Electric Picnic was uh, beautiful and sublime, and you definitely feel like. Uh, like a a dog in the right climate for the dog's length of hair you know and you see like a a husky in the desert mm. or something you're like what is this poor dog doing in this climate that should not be it <laughs> like when i when i was in ireland like wearing my like long coat my my uh scarf i was like yeah this is where i'm supposed to be this is where i'm yeah exactly i can see like you retire in 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 ireland like i'm sure yeah but by that yeah. stage paul mccartney will be gone you'll be able to have his his like uh gaff up in monaghan after that yeah yeah maybe i mean i'll i'll have to uh yeah i missed the the opportunity to have uh irish citizenship by like one generation which i'm super sad about but do you know yeah. what like the irish like <laughs> The, the the rules in the south of Ireland are very sort of like you know you could very easily just get it. <laughs> I think you can buy it. I, I mean, I might try. I feel like uh, I feel like that's my that's my new quest in the next couple of years. Yeah. It's like, can I can I have a, a visa that'll let me stay in New Zealand for a long time? Can I spend a long time in Ireland? Like, I I have this kind of like where can I where can I go when this all proverbially it's the fan big time big time so you you come from like a obviously like a, a very creative family like was music always like a massive focus to the to the fam growing up like was it was it always playing or was it something that was just like you you got you and sort of billy got into separately it was always playing yeah that's a good way to put it i mean there was never any um great focus on on you know practicing you must practice all day i was just like the 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 sort of fun medium i think it would i'd compare it to like in america there's a big emphasis on sports and like kids just grow up watching football with their parents and then they start playing it in mm. middle school or high school and they you know like i feel like it's like that for us like we just music was like the most important thing in our childhood just from an entertainment standpoint and you know we were raised like just on 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 everything uh sort of music centric so, like, does that make mean that, like, the Super Bowl 
for American football, like your version of that in your household growing up would have been like the Grammys. We we pretty much watched the Grammys every year and and just really enjoyed it. I mean, there's such great performances on the Grammys. I remember like the first year, the first year I remember really being like, holy shit, was the year that Bruno Mars kind of exploded. Like, oh he was, yeah, yeah. He did like Runaway Baby to open the show. It was the, it was like the day after Whitney Houston had died or something, and he was just like so. Uh, he was so electric and i remember him like he's very james brown in that period and he was he was doing the james brown like step where your feet go like that and he uh i remember him sort of like chastising the audience being like get all your rich asses out of your seats and i remember thinking <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome i think he's I was pretty I, pumped about that i think bruno mars is quite underrated i think like his genius really will only come out like when he maybe retires or in you know in the future um, because he's done a lot of good stuff. Like he's a great singer, he's a great dancer, he's a great writer, great producer, uh, great producer. Yeah, do you know what I mean? People forget that he's like produced great, great, great records. I've got, I've got it stuck in my head already. Um, so like when you, when you obviously music being in the household was a big thing. Like were you like the, we drawn to the guitar, we drawn to the the piano, we drawn to the cello, the oboe. I couldn't really play anything, and I, I was sort of. Uh, encouraged to take piano lessons as a kid. You know, I was like, I love the song. I was like, oh, I should take some piano lessons. And they were taught by a very sweet Italian man named Marco who was doing his best. And I was, you know, seven or eight or something really young. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's a way to learn something for fun and there's a way to learn something for skill. And it was definitely like, you know, all right, we're going to play our scales on the piano and we're going to play them you know backwards and we're gonna play the scale of g major and we're gonna play you know and i like there was no kind of um there's no joy in it as unenjoyable as that is though like surely it must be very uh useful now because it probably just has stuck in your head so much that you can probably like you know blink in it you you would think but i think in my experience as a person that yeah maybe if i was older when i'd started but at that age it was so sort of hard to contextualize in terms of its use that I, <laughs> yeah, after, exactly. what am I going to need this? Yeah. After like a half a year or something, I just, I, you know, I said, I, I don't, I'm not enjoying these anymore and, and stopped taking uh, lessons. And, um, you know, to my knowledge, I didn't really pick up like the piano for another like five years. And I, I don't feel that it carried over in terms of it's like, yeah, you lost I don't it. Remember. Yeah. And the, the thing that ended up being, you know, very valuable, uh, to me was my my dad just kind of you know I, I said dad how do you play this pop song by you know uh gary jules the the mad world oh my god yeah do you remember cover, that you know? the flat cap and he goes you know he goes oh it's it's pretty easy it's just an e minor and he shows me the three notes that make up an e minor and it's a g major and he shows me that and he goes it's a d major and it shows me that and it's an a major shows me that you know and it's like then you can suddenly play a song you love and it's so contextualized and then you go uh how do you play uh, um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day? And, and your dad goes, your dad goes, it's the same chords. And you're like, no way. And suddenly you have like language, you know. Is your, is your dad like a good musician? Um, not to like slam him. He's like a, <laughs> yeah, go on, he's pull a, him out. We need to if you make to make this podcast interesting. We got to pull some fucking people out on it. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's he's a good musician. He's uh yeah. he's good. Yeah, he's he's very um 
kind of studied in his like mm -hmm. knowledge of it. But, you know, I think, you know, I think, I think in terms of like, I like, I got really lucky. I have a, whatever kind of ear I have, my, my dad claims I got from his brother. And that is just that like, without, without much knowledge of kind of written musical theory, if I hear a song, I can, I can play it and I can play it in any key and I can, I used you know. to hear people like you because I used to play in bands and like there was there was a guy like that in the band and he'd be like going and it's this that and the other and he would be able to like join in on songs that were playing on the radio and I just like have not got that at all I'd have to go to my room and practice the bass lines yeah. and like really right. rigorously go through it and I'd just be like how do these people exist this isn't fair well there are people for for whom it's much more developed than than I feel that mine you know I, I can play X amount of songs, like for example, like a lot of Beatles songs have have more ambitious um, inversions of chords and voicings, and so that often will take me like some extra time to go like, okay, what's that? Okay, there it is. But yeah, I mean, my dad, you know, his uh, his knowledge of music is vast, but that kind of whatever that just sort of gut instinct translation of music is is uh, is maybe less present in him. I met you. He's, he's a good musician. I met your dad and I met your mom when you and Billy came over to do a piano session on yeah. on my show. Your parents are rad. Your parents are cool. They're great. They're really good. My my uh, my dad also. I mean, I've I've been aware of your um, show for a long time and was always excited when you play a tune of ours. But my dad is like a he takes time out of his week regularly to to really listen. Does to he? Does he still? Show. Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna give him a shout out on sunday just, he sends, just i mean he sent me and billy like his here's my favorites from phil's show this week several times <laughs> he told he told me that he, he told me like a, a couple of records that he'd sent to you and he'd sent to billy um yeah and it was just blowing it, it, it kind of it blew my mind a little bit because like obviously i i just sit and pick these tunes because i love i love doing right. that and it happens to be my job as well right. but it's really weird when you know that somebody else to send it to somebody else and even like right. a kick drum or a snare sound might influence somebody else and make it onto yeah. their record and that's like yeah i mean that, that makes it that makes everything a little bit more fun well yeah i it's it's really fun to think about i mean i i was i forget who i was talking to the other day but i was you know the the radio oh i was talking to mikhail from this band called the airborne toxic but we were we we're talking about the radio and the American terrestrial radio system, which is sort of uh, overwrought and and full of commercials, and uh, it never made its way into our car because our parents both had so much music they wanted to introduce us to that they would just make mix CDs, and we'd mm -hmm. listen to that in the car. So terrestrial radio was not as much a part of my childhood. I think because it was being filtered through my parents. It was like yeah. they were... They were listening to radio for an hour and going, "Hey, I heard this great song by this artist Lord called Royals. You should check it out." <laughs> yeah, and and we would check it out and we'd love it. You know what I mean? But I think it was like I always appreciated that from them because it just meant that we didn't have to sit and listen to like radio jingles and yeah, you know, yeah, you how do, to you how do. to get your cat your uh, what's that like your or your mattress is free like all those weird like <laughs> commercials that you hear a million like as soon as they they take that away like you remember when YouTube suddenly was like this you can't skip this ad and everyone was like oh no and then we all got you know youtube premium or whatever like i feel like as soon as that happens with podcasting and i think we're probably like right on the tipping point of it where you can't just like skip through an ad i'm still like, I'm, I'm still fighting i'm it. out 
I'm still fighting it. I still haven't got YouTube premium. I'm like going and and, and Dog, uh, do you it's know, so much better. I, I why was, like why? I was watching something yesterday and I was watching it in my room, like uh, like upstairs. And my, my my wife, like when I came downstairs, she was like, Who are you fighting with upstairs? I was watched I watched a video where the same ad came up at the start, the middle, and the end. And I yeah. just, I just started shouting. It's like, fuck off with your stupid business course. I don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> I yeah, I I I got I mean Phil, I assume you make more than, you know, 10, uh, 10 pounds a month. So yeah. I'd advise. I think you should get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think something. so. I think so. I invested, I invested in this, uh, this uh, popular uh, beat combo called Phineas <laughs> and Billy Eilish. Um, so when did it start sort of like becoming a thing with you, like writing your own songs? Like, can you, can you remember what your first song was about? I'm sure like you're probably cringing at it now. I remember writing like, things I was not proud of at like 10, 11, like, like 11 when I'd first started playing some chords, I would try to write some stuff and it was, you know, just very kind of like uh, developmental. It's like when you hear a child speak a language, you're like, well, that's someday, you know, maybe. Mm. And then when I was like 12, I wrote my first couple like, structurally sound songs like whether or not they were good sort of you know a matter of opinion but like structurally sound like you could tell what the verse was and what the chorus was and what the bridge was and it, it went somewhere um and a lot of that was because i'd um my mother who is a songwriter had had kind of opened my eyes to just sort of structure like that you know she was her point was like there's no wrong way to write a song but let's let's just talk about some of the songs you love you know we'd analyze Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, or we'd analyze yeah. like a Avril Lavigne song or something. She'd be like, so this is the verse structure in this song, you know, then in the chorus uh, portion, you know, there's this hook that relates to the verse and then the second verse recontextualizes the, you know, her point was, you don't have to write a song like this, but here's why you like this song. Yeah, exactly. You know? This is why it's um, satisfying. This is why it, like, yeah. you know, it's got the resolve at the end. It's got the call and response. Like it's got all those little, um, all those tiny little dopamine hits that you you have you have in music well, totally yeah and i think that to me as a songwriter it's it's been a great joy to know the sort of like right way to write a song and then disregard it yeah and, yeah exactly and and change it i think if i if i didn't have any kind of like awareness of of you know the kind of standard i would be like always stabbing in the dark and i think like having an awareness of it means i i'm like well i could always take this road or i can i can just bushwhack this way and <laughs> see what happens and and that's almost always what i choose to do that's but what it's i nice was to, i always thought that i always thought that about bad guy i was like the one of the, the biggest oh, yeah. the, one of the biggest songs of the last decade i mean it's got a billion it's got over a billion streams on spotify and it doesn't have a chorus i know um, it's got and, a top uh, line. Like, do you I do, mean, I remember, do. you know, I remember being a little bit like, like I loved the song. Billy loved the song. Anyone we played it for loved it. I remember playing it in its very early stages for Dominic Fike. I was over. Oh yeah, at his at his studio. He's a friend of mine, mm. and I remember playing it for him. And he and he just said, "Bro, you're an alien." <laughs> <laughs> he was right. Um, and I remember being like, "Well, that's very nice," um, but. Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. I remember thinking 
everything about the song I really enjoy. Am I shooting its its, its prospects in the foot by not having a payoff chorus? And I think in many ways it, it would have been shooting it in the foot if it had a chorus. It works because of the way that it is and its oddness. We mentioned your 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 mom being a songwriter. Does she have points on the album? <laughs> um, she doesn't have points on the album. She, you know, she's uh, yeah. I Ma- mean, she, mamas don't she, get she points. Mamas get mamas get like positive points. Going, thanks, mom. That was exactly the chord I needed yeah. for that part of that song. Over the course of the of a couple of years, she's she's dropped a line or two into our songs. There's a line in uh, Ocean Eyes. Um, burning cities napalm skies i think napalm was uh i think that was her oh wow her, <laughs> i mean a, her word. a lyric from your mom to drop in like napalm it sounds it's like, pretty awesome because i was like what's like a yeah what what are you know i, I want to say something about skies you know she's like what about napalm i was like that's awesome yeah, so good. yeah I'm, I'm with you on that um so like when when you like uh, when, when was it like you and billy started playing together was it like was that annoying that she was like kind of stepping on your music toes like a little bit or was it like happy days i I was always i was you know not uh not that she didn't want to but i was begging her to make music with me i always thought she had a great voice that's Um, such not a brother and sister relationship that i i can um i can relate to like growing up with my sister like like (laughs) we hated each other until we were about 18 and then we like started to understand each other we're like okay i get you i was 18 to be fair okay so, that, so she was so she was 13 and you know we were homeschooled so we were we were very close our whole childhood and i just thought she was hilarious loved spending time with her and she was a, a real perfectionist and, um you know i was like oh man we should make some music together we should make some music together she was like okay and, and by the time she was 13 she kind of had the she was like doing other things with the discipline of a of a young adult that you know isn't necessarily present when you're like 10. do you know what i mean like she yeah, was, yeah really she was taking all these dance classes and and being a camp counselor to horse like horseback riding summer camps and stuff but she was she was like really putting in work and i was kind of recognizing that in her i was going oh she's really like being disciplined in this and i i felt my whole feeling about making music is that there are elements of it that are joyous and chaotic and frenetic and then there are elements of it that are like to be really disciplined and like i think to take a to get a song in this in in its recorded to like a hundred percent it takes like a, an amount of tedium that i think a lot of people are just like not really cut out for. i don't think a lot of people yeah i think you're right like like a lot of the great artists and one of the things about this podcast is we know we like normally have um demos to play with and with with that you understand and I, it's something I, i've learned o- over the, the 40 or so i've done um that there's so many different versions of a hit song and and really that song might not have been a hit song if you had a went with version two instead of version 20 because they yeah. sound so different and them even just the mixing of the drums could wreck it i know it's great like uh there's mr brightside is a song i reference all the time and i i love that song and i love its production and there's uh they put out a an album a couple years ago you know my suspicion is to to put another notch in their label deals album count <laughs> belt called yeah. the direct hits which was like their greatest hits record and they uh they included a demo of mr brightside and it sounds terrible yeah yeah i think there's a there's a band i love from, from the uk called the stone roses and they released their debut mm-hmm. album the album was actually 
set to come out three years beforehand. It was mixed by somebody else. And it's fucking dreadful. Like, I mean, if it got sent to me today, there's not a mission I'd get play, play it on the radio. Yet the same album got mixed by somebody else and re-recorded. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, it really is. It really shows you, like, how much a good producer or a good person that can steer the project is valuable. It can always, like, it can, I think it can drive you crazy in many ways, too. Like, this is a weird example. I, I love the song Creep by Radiohead, as you know, so many people do. And there are things about that recording that are amazing, like the the guitar that um, Johnny plays and the, the chorus, that like, like that thing mm. that he, you know, right before the hook. But the drums in that song are, are too loud for me. Like they're, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just like the vocals are here and the drums are like here. And I really want them to be like there. And, uh, yeah, that's like every time I listen to it. I'm <laughs> I like, think they'd probably agree with you because, like, like from from being a big Radiohead fan as I am, uh, they do not like that song "Creep." Like, they definitely don't like playing it live. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know. Which like, is, do you think that that, I, because that was their breakthrough track, like that was the sure. track that was the track that broke them in America. It was yeah. a track that South Park sent up when it was like, I'm a creep, I'm a wiener. Um yeah. do you like do you think you'll have that relationship with uh say Bad Guy? Like Bad Guy or Ocean Eyes, like one of the tracks that really sort of helped put you on the map? I mean It's hard to you know, probably talk about it because it's not that long ago, but like Bad Guy is so fun to play live that I, I don't know that we'll ever feel that way about bad guy. It's, it was, it was made, you know, to be played live. Like I made it as like a Coachella opener and we got to open Coachella with it. And, uh, it's just a great moment in the show. Now we close with it cause you have to, but, um, I don't know that we'll ever feel that way about bad guy, but you know, ocean eyes, I think feels more and more like a cover. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, and what you mean? Because that was that was a long time ago. I think that was the one. It I, was a long time ago, that, and I think yeah, like that was know, we, the we one played I played that at. Yeah, every show for four years. And yeah. So to us, we just have a kind of a like our connection with that song now is 
oh, this is making kids happy, you know. I think that was the first song I played of yours on the radio. I think it was the first play on Radio 1, but 2016? Awesome. Yeah. I think it was right, 2016. Probably early 2016. We get that song out of the way in the live show really <laughs> quick now. Yeah, we, we used, it used to be in the, like, in the, you know, the penultimate track, basically. And, uh, and now it's like, I think, third. <laughs> you don't do like a Beatles where you like play all the songs like sped up by like double. We're just like, right, let's get it out of the way. Done done yeah we just yeah we we put it but it's you know what though i i love it when artists do that i saw um uh, as a fun example i saw um tovlo pretty recently oh she, she's great yeah i love her and she played uh she played cool girl like second or third mm. and i was just like oh great because you, you know that's one of the songs that for me i'm like waiting the whole show to hear and it's so uh it's so satisfying to just have them like come right out and like give it to you it's great have you seen radiohead play live no my god they are probably like the best experience I, the first time i went to see them i got really drunk with my friends and it was a horrible experience because i can't i can't really remember much about it the next time i was like i'm not drinking at all i'm just gonna go i'm gonna watch it and i've never seen a band like it before like that just a, it was like a religious experience watching them play because they're all so good and like, i don't know just like the, it feels like forces of nature all compiled into one band so rad big time um so we, he came to our shepherd's bush show he was really nice tom yeah that's right i did actually i saw i read about that like tom tom's a massive fan of, of you guys and he uh he came to the show and i i was like you came to the show i, I get a picture and he was like fine <laughs> <laughs> It's like, come on, we give you passes to get in. <laughs> yeah, I was. My point was like, we, this, I'm not at your show. Like, you came to our show. Yeah, I get a photo. And he was like, and the photo, like, I'm, I'm like, and in the photo, he's like, you know, like doing his <laughs> his Radiohead face. I he did a piano session on my show a little while ago, and he like we we did the same thing, and I was scared shitless of interviewing him because he has literally no tolerance for uh, a bad question, and yeah. I was just like, it's like Tarantino. Like you best fucking know what you're talking about, otherwise you'll get hung out to dry. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of the most nervous interviews I've ever done. Sweating buckets. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't actually envy your job. I think your job is is really hard. I think interviewing artists and especially like you're you're in many ways giving them a platform to feel as as brilliant and talented as they might suspect that they are and, <laughs> and uh and suddenly you're like validating that and then you say one thing that you you mean this way and they take it this way yeah and they go like what's that supposed to mean and you just like i always feel for you like, oh. where we're really at is like you, you're probably one of the most recognizable faces in, in modern music over the last like like five to ten years um and when when that sort of happens like you when you get into the mainstream and you, you win as many grammys as 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 you have as i can think i can see one um in the background which we'll get to in a, in a little minute um this is actually this is an actual uh victrola so so oh it's not, not a grammy but... <laughs> right my bad i mean i've never seen yeah, one up close so i think i'm okay with the that grammys the grammys only came uh in the our laura actually who's on this call delivered them to us the other day they were uh, they took five months to get to us it's a long time yeah we got it really is five months one for each month yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean they we went to the oscars they give you the oscar the 
the night of the show. So I don't know what the Grammys is doing wrong, but you know. My God. So Wait, what do, what do you guys? I, I mean, the, the question everybody asks, but like, do, do you have it in your house? Like, do you split them up? I know you've got a house because I I know your podcast. <laughs> yeah, but but like yeah, I have I have mine in my house. Yeah, so it's, not, it's nice. But when 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 all those accolades come come along, like your life changes. Like you know, you can't just like walk about the place. Maybe in LA you can, but like a lot of the other places, like you know, just life becomes a lot difficult. And right. um, that's when other celebrities come out of the woodwork to sort of like give you advice. But like they, they you start to understand them a little bit better because you know what what that's like. Has anybody yeah. has anybody come sort of out of the woodwork since like uh, this is all sort of kicked off? Put the arm around you and almost go, it's going to be okay. This is what you do. Um, you know, I've not, uh, I've not been super mentored in my professional life. I've, I have people I look up to, of course, but I don't have like personal relationships with them. Mm. And, uh, of the couple that I do have personal relationships with now, it's more friendly. Um, like I, I look up to James Blake a lot and we're friends. Um, I keep forgetting but, you know, he lives in LA. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I try not to, you know, like, make him take care of me. <laughs> James, what, what, um, what is it like? What's your favorite James Blake yeah. track? Um, I want to say well, retrograde. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, like, I really adore, like, the newest album from, from an artist I love, usually, because it's the one I kind of, like, mm. usually, like, by the time an album comes out, that an artist's last album has been like rinsed by me. Same, you know what I mean? same. Yeah. Huge fan of it. Yeah, I enjoyed his last one. I think uh, we had it on a couple of weeks ago. So precious. Like, what, what, what struck me struck me about his album from, from following him from the very beginning is that uh, the, ha- the album's a really happy record and it's the first like happy James Blake record and it took me a little while to get used to it it's like watching a goth smile like it doesn't feel right but then eventually you're just like this is perfect i i'm i'm always really impressed and excited when people are people go through sort of changes in their mental attitude towards their life Mm. and uh and and put that in their music so when you impressed by that always you, I, I can see in the background you, you've got a guitar, some some microphones. Are we in your sort of like studio esque space at the minute, or you are? And it's it's not even really studio esque. It's it's actually really a studio, which is which is a first um, in my life. I've you know I've been a I, I work wherever I am mm. and wherever I can. And uh, when I moved into the house with my girlfriend, there was a a basement that I I thought had potential to be a studio mm-hmm. and I had um, Blake Douglas who's an awesome studio designer and a great engineer he's a no IDs engineer I had him come down and sort of I was like let's can we turn this into a studio and the first thing he did was he he walked around the room like with this expression like <laughs> and then and then he he knocked he, he banged on the wall yeah and it made this kind of hollow like like thunk 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 sound and he just looked at me and he was like and I was like are you, do I have to move? Like what? Like what are you about to tell me? And he was like, No, no, no. He's like, You can, you know, any if you have four walls, you can make a studio. And he, he totally outdid himself. Like it sounds great in here. Um, it's really rad. Does that mean if you like used to produce so much on the move that like 
was was your EP made on the move? Was like the the Billy yeah. album made on the move? The Billy's album was made. You know, seventy five percent of it was made uh, in in my the house that I grew up in, mm. um, and the other twenty five percent was made on the move. And then, uh, I mean, like next to a hundred percent of the EP was made on the move. It was it was written all over the world. It was recorded all over the world. It was like it was a a transient EP for sure. <laughs> I I just don't understand how artists do that. Like I like because when you're when you're on a long haul flight and you've got like yeah. some like obese asshole who's sitting beside you, spilling nuts over you and like farting. You can see obviously I've had bad experiences on flights. Um, <laughs> like it's very hard to get creative. Like or, or, or when you're going from one gig to another gig, it's it's easier in business class. <laughs> you got to throw that one out. I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's easier. It's easier when you can lie down. Um, no, I mean, I've uh, here's what I do. I, I don't, you're right. I don't necessarily feel my most creative on a flight for sure, or in a hotel room for sure, or backstage. I don't, I don't feel my most creative, but what I've taken to doing is, is create deadlines for myself. Yeah. And when you have a deadline, you just have to finish something. And, um, that has really helped. I did uh, Tovlo's song "Bikini Porn" almost entirely on a flight in Australia. Um, my EP uh, was was done in kind of by and lo- like largely in the the upper lounge of our tour bus, kind of like rolling around the the Italian hillside mm-hmm. with my laptop on my lap, um, producing songs. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I. It, Ultimately, that, yeah, that was the story of the EP being recorded on the road was that I we went on this tour, which you you know probably remember we went on this tour um, uh, where we played Leeds and Reading in the in August and September yeah. of this past year, and I had my managers had said you know this if you want the EP to come out on October fourth before Austin City Limits, it has to be mixed and mastered and done by September fourth, and I was like no problem and i i didn't the, the tour started on august 13th and it it didn't even end until september 8th i think and so there was there was no opportunity to 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 procrastinate on it like i couldn't i couldn't go like ah like i'll just cram it all in when i get home like it had to be done before i got home and so i just set these these deadlines for myself i just work on a song for a couple of days you know in many ways like on tour like you have like a lot of time, like like the the sort of daily life of living in your actual home, of going through mail and keeping your your space clean, and you know responding to people and taking out your garbage bins and taking your dog for a walk and grocery shopping, and uh, you know all the minutia of everything. Yeah, like that's all absent when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. You wake up in a hotel room. You don't have to clean up your hotel room. You know, you sit there and work all day, go to the gym for an hour if you want to. Like, it's it's very focused in many ways. I never, so I never, I'll, heard, like, I'll heard. definitely continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's 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 a case of what it, whatever works for you. I'm an absolute yeah. freak for for lists and deadlines and well, so like when you've achieved so much already with like uh, like you know the Grammys and the, the the huge shows and <laughs> like it feels like a, a Bond villain saying like a billion million billion streams. Um, like, what else do you write down on that list that you need to hit? 
because like I feel like you're very focused like that, and I, I quite like that. Do you have your own personal Phineas list, and do you have like a Billy list? Well, we I do love lists, and and oftentimes I don't know if this is how it is for you, but I my lists are imaginative. You know, I just mm. go or sorry, imaginary, not imaginative, but you know, I just go like, yeah, we're gonna get this and this and this and this done, and then maybe you get them done, but like they're they're there. They're there as like goals and ideas, and aspirations. Um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, l listen, like uh, the thing about like, you know, uh, winning Grammys or um, getting a billion streams, it's really exciting and it's really thrilling and you feel very lucky. I feel very lucky, but I didn't set out to do any of those things. And so they don't like, they don't mean or not mean that much to me. Like, you know, like you hear like uh, people like Mike Posner who are like, you know, <laughs> I used to think that like money and success would bring me happiness and it hasn't brought me any. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I never, I never thought they would. <laughs> <laughs> you never sat down um, just going, do you know, if I had like a million pounds or like a, a trillion no, pounds, so, I'd be so happy. <laughs> I don't think yeah, any. So, so yeah. I, I feel very lucky. I feel really lucky that I, our work has been acclaimed and I feel really lucky that our work has been, uh, you know, enjoyed by so many, but my goals were, were simpler. My goals were like to make, an album that I felt was great and to sell out a venue that was a, you know, that I knew that we could play a meaningful show in, you know what I mean? That's kind of the only metric I've ever cared about in yeah. terms of sales, ticket sales. Like, can we play this venue? Can we fill this venue up with people that love our music and can we do it making music that we care about? And but, if we do that, then that's, that's like true artistic success to me. So like ha having these both, both careers simultaneously, do you have like a, a whole different sort of schedule of things that you'd like to do with your own project like like well i have different different venue sizes yeah yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you you're almost important. at different parts of the you're almost at different stages like it's been yeah. all, it's been all billy for since like what 2015 yeah. 16 16, yeah. 16 yeah. um and, and now, now it's time for Phineas to, to to spread his wings right um you know i think um Yeah, like I love it and I, I do feel kind of luxurious in, in terms of like we with Billy we we did uh we did all of the not all of them, but we did the gradual sort of incline of, of uh of steps, right? We played like in, in Los Angeles we played this room called the Echo. It was like a two hundred cap room. And the next room we played was the El Ray, which is like five hundred, six hundred cap. And then we played the Fonda, which was like 1,200 cap. You're like, we oh, we've made turn. it now. We've got hummus on our rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We played the Will Turn, which is like 2,300 or 3,000 or something. And then we played the um, the, the Greek and the Shrine, which was 6,300. And then the tour that we were in the middle of when coronavirus postponed everybody in the world was we were going to play the, the Forum, you know. And... Uh, Hold on, you've given me the no you get my like OCDs going mental here. You give me the numbers, all the rest of them, but you stopped at the last one. What was it? The forum, I think, is like eighteen thousand. Flipping egg. <laughs> it's a lot, and and I think, um, listen, we're we, we're so grateful, but it it is also fun. Like the tour that I just did, mm. um, 
I only played, you know, whatever, um, six shows. I played San Francisco, LA, LA twice. And then I played Chicago, New York, and Boston. Um, and you know, those were like 500 cap to like 800 cap rooms. And that was like a great joy to like go back to that place you can't go you back know? to that with billy like like i mean and, and most no, the, most, would, most artists be, prefer to play those size shows than the big yeah. ones it would be bizarre billy also like really is an arena artist like like she she's really good at at, at commanding an arena you know what i mean like mm. in my shows i i go on like a five minute tangent and talk and that's <laughs> like uh she can't do that in it's, like, it's like half know? stand up you do but I, I, yeah. I kind of kind of like that i like that as well i do too yeah it, I, it, it brings me joy but but yeah so i've enjoyed the kind of like hitting milestones you know under a different name as just as much if that makes sense you know you, you know how like my, well, my metric is if you're a, a real like successful massive like rock star right it's like going to a european show where you like you know, say like uh, Brussels, right? Yeah. Uh, and you're playing in an arena, and they've made loads of fake merch that's all spelt wrong out the front, and they're selling it like you know, like illegally. I was like, when when somebody's making illegal merchandise of your of your stuff, that means you've made it. I totally agree. I think if there's bootleg merch, you're you're you've really really found something for sure. Are, are you going to jump back into acting at any time, or is that something that you've left in the past? Um, I would love to do that um, if if it's a, a project that I, you know, be lucky to be involved in, right? I think, like, when I stopped acting, you know, I was I was of no note and, like, going into audition for, you know, a long-haired boyfriend, you know, of the main character where I'd have, like, two lines. I'd be like, hey, babe. Like, sure, that sounds great. And that was like my audition and I would get it or I wouldn't. Like I am yeah. in I have the luxury of like having a full time job now, so I'm not dying to do that. Um but you know, I think there are What about like si- great, si- there are great collaborations, yeah, right? So yeah, like yeah. there are there are these creatives in the in the entertainment world. There are these show creators and movie producers and movie directors. And if if any of the list of people that I'm a, a huge fan of ever came to me and throw said, them out uh, throw them out put it into the universe well you know i mean I've, I've grown up as like a enormous fan of alfonso Cuaron. i've grown up as a huge fan of all the aaron sorkin uh projects um david fincher projects um donald glover projects like you know like if any person that i was a fan of said uh i'm doing this thing like read the script like see if you're into it. you know i would be i would never I wouldn't hesitate, I'd be like, mm. of course, because it's an honor to be a part of somebody who has a real, you know, I think if you think about, you know, things like that, that have had an impact on your life, like you're just like, yeah, I'd be stupid to turn down being involved in something like that. Yeah, well, like, I mean, soundtracks have kind of come a little bit early, really, like doing the James Bond soundtrack, yeah. like, I will do like 22 um, like that's I, I don't think anybody younger has ever done it like you I'm sure you, like you'll know um, better than I but um, what about getting your teeth like into a meaty soundtrack as in like the full yeah, thing that's, that's a thing that I'm I'm starting to work on there's a couple projects that I'm sort of uh, like handshake attached to do in the next year I think I think my my goal over the next 10 years is to do at least a, a film a year in terms of like scoring it Wow, um, 
which which we'll see if that you know maybe I'll. Uh, Are you the new Hans Zimmer? Maybe I'll, well, I don't. You know, I'm not as brilliant as he is, so so no. But uh, but was Hans Zimmer as brilliant as he is at twenty at at, at your age? That's the that's the question. I don't know. He's <laughs> he's a uh, god. He's fun, man. He's I, I don't know if you've interviewed him. I'm assuming you probably have at some point, but he. He's the greatest. He's just such a wonderful guy. I need to get on that. I need to get we also on. like, like to, to clarify, our collaborative experiences with people usually, <laughs> how can I say this? They disillusion you. Like maybe you'll end up liking the person anyway, but mm-hmm. oftentimes somebody who has like kind of God status in your mind you get in a studio with them for four days and you come out the other end and you're like, just a guy. And um, Hans is so cool and so nice and so funny that like I went into the studio like, oh my God, like he's, he's the greatest. And I came out like, and he's the, and he's like the greatest guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I he's was, fun to hang out with. I mean, that's important like in creating a relationship. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I, God, I, I I would be so lucky to come off that way to someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. Just we, we've all, we've all got those people where you you just sort of like I don't know you melt when you think of them. Yeah, like, he's and, great, and and yeah, sometimes you can sort of uh, uh, um, soil your your perception of of uh, somebody. You know what I mean? That's you happened to like, me a lot, but like not as much yeah. as I thought it would. I like have, have I'm you, in the same boat. Having having like interviewed the majority of my heroes over over the time yeah. are, are met them um i'm I, i've come out of this like thinking do you know what this is like these people are actually all right there's been very few and far between it's always the ones yeah. that you're not like expecting that are <laughs> end up being total assholes i know i totally agree with you meet somebody and you you feel that they don't have the right to be one and they are yeah yeah and you're like yeah. you're like it's like the mid-tier there's there's a list of people for whom it wouldn't be so bad to be yelled at, right? Like, that's how I feel anyway. Like, like, like I feel... Like, like, who can yell at you and get away with it? Um, like, like, I mean, if uh, Kanye yelled at me, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, Kanye's, like, that's, in that's that totally camp fine. for sure. Like, he's, he's, he's wild. Um, like, Puff Daddy seems that way to me <laughs> have you had any interactions uh, with like any of the hip-hop glitterati um kanye we we went to one of his sunday services which was a really sublime i mean that was like a, a similar similar to what we're, we've just been talking about like i think we went to it expecting kind of like a, a story we could tell our friends and we we just stood there and cried and listened to gospel music for an hour <laughs> kanye had yeah. kanye had a uh, north like on his shoulders and was just like in in sweet dad post mode and and just was like a a a doll to us um at risk of him hearing this whatever uh julian casablancas was was pretty unexcited to meet me and that's (laughs) all that's that's all good um nick nick from the strokes nick Nick valencia's a friend of mine and a fucking sweetheart and was like hey julian this is my friend phineas and julian was like 
so, so you know like just he, he didn't he didn't say that what he actually said was i was like wow this show was amazing it's unbelievable like so cool to meet you i love your music so much and he was like thanks for coming and judging and he just walked away wow um, i don't think you're the first person to that he's done that to i've heard i've heard that like a couple of times of, like about him but that's almost part of the equation of being a cool frontman that like you need to have like a cool one-liner and then yeah sort of slip i uh, off. i i haven't uh, i haven't dared try to have a cool conversation with alex turner either because he i don't think you can like I, i've never interviewed yeah. him and i'd love to but i know that it would just be painful because he hates it and i would be interviewing yeah, him knowing well, that he hates this <laughs> i feel that uh, yeah, he lives in I, la I, doesn't he i think so i feel this exact same way you do i think i i have a great desire not to force people into a situation i imagine they wouldn't like yeah same. exactly that same way um you know that's that's kind of my mo big like, time yeah i mean i i'm a huge huge father john misty fan and we i'm you know i've uh spent a day with him and and you know we text and he's hilarious but we did a before that we had done a whole tour with him we've done like two and a half weeks in australia with him mm -hmm. and it was like one of those like festival tours yeah kind of like leads and writing and i i didn't speak to him once and i I'm sure he didn't want me to. <laughs> like, you know, once once he he called the shot and wanted to like write some songs together or something, it was uh, it was all good. But uh, yeah. um, so what, 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 one last thing before before we sort of uh, we, we we split off. Um, Twenty producers on stage at the Grammys accepting an award for one song. I've seen it happen so many times and then you guys go up five times at the Grammys, only two of you. That's one of the most rock and roll moves I've ever seen at the Grammys because it's fucking this guy and that guy and it's normally just a load of blokes going up and you yep. just see these two members of one family going up and sweeping up. I was like, I know album yes. of the year was, was, was four people. It was me and Billy and our mastering engineer and our mixer. <laughs> and, uh, and they, uh, they're sweethearts. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a kid, I, I thought that was weird as fuck too, man. I was like, you know, they, they shout, um, Adele who I worship, who I yeah. think is amazing. And the same 20 guys get up, they get up when Taylor Swift wins, you know, and you're just like, okay, you know. That was punk rock to me. That was like that was putting the power back in the bedroom, like the bedroom pop artists that are sitting there, what doing exactly what you did the year, couple of years beforehand. And I, I massively the thing was, it, I respected that moment. It, what you didn't make like a big song and a dance about it, which made it even more punk rock because you're like going, yeah, these are ours. Yeah, I mean, you, you look a little bit embarrassed by it all, but I mean, that's to be expected. It was, it's, it was in in truth. I know I earlier sort of said like you know I never. Um, thought we'd you know winning a Grammy would bring me happiness one of my lifelong fantasies which i've now gotten to achieve was that we would win album of the year and just say thank you and leave which actually <laughs> i'm i'm misspeaking we won record of the year and said that but it was yeah we we thanked everybody we thanked our families and our friends and our labels and our teams and you know our billy thanked the fans and everything and then you know we expected to go out and say something else and we were just like thanks bounced which was very cool <laughs> it's it's almost next to impossible to do a mic drop without seeming arrogant but i think you managed right. to pull it off with that Thanks, with man. that moment um 
thank you so much for taking your time out to to chat to me as the as the night ends here in in brighton it sounds like it's just starting looks like it's just starting in in la so enjoy the i have rain. a leak i have a leak in my studio so we're getting it waterproofed oh shit. it's been really really rainy it was really rainy all of april and so it, i found out i had a leak so is that la rainy because like i grew up in ireland like la it was, it LA was, rainy it was like ireland days. rainy it was <laughs> rainy it was really rainy. i'm really glad like, i'm glad that you had the experience that just just for a month because like it's what i've had to do for like 30 years oh my god that's awful i was i i yeah it's really made me like it's really it's it's classic la hot now it's like 100 degrees out and i love it i'm like great no more rain <laughs> well go and enjoy it um thanks man as much as the government will let you go and enjoy it i guess good to talk to you bro you too man thank you very much Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.